I've titled uh, my message this evening, Don't Mind the Dishes. Who here enjoys washing dishes? There are a few people, a few hands. Okay, good. I'm glad there are a few hands this morning. I, I wasn't expecting uh, there to be few, a few hands. I know it's not necessarily everybody's favorite pastime. I've even been told that some marriages have been saved by the purchase of a dishwasher. But uh, for me, I, I don't particularly mind washing the dishes. I find it to be quite therapeutic, almost relaxing. Just put your headphones in, listen to some worship, maybe a sermon or a podcast that you wanted to catch up on, and, and really just relax. You see, for me, it's been a lifelong journey of washing dishes. Any youngest children in families here, you know what I mean? As soon as we were tall enough to reach the sink, we were washing dishes. And so that was my story. As soon as I was old enough, I was washing dishes. So it's really been a lifelong journey of washing dishes, and that carried on. Uh, throughout my life. Now, I'm not certain if I've mentioned this before, but I recently got married. Okay, sorry. So when I, when I arrived uh, at marriage with Kelly Jo, I wasn't the best chef. And I could bry, I could chop a salad and some veg, I could make some eggs and a toaster sandwich. But the real contribution I bought was a keen willingness to wash the dishes. And I think that's the role of every husband should play that role. And the wives said, amen. Um, I had a couple come up to me this morning to say, Pastor, Pastor, here's my husband. Tell him, tell him, go home and wash the dishes. But my parents, in their generosity, bought us a dishwasher as a gift. And I thought, mom and dad, you've sabotaged me. This is my one and, my one and only job you've taken from me. But... I say that jokingly because I'm very grateful for my parents' generosity of the dishwasher because it's not really the washing that I value. It's, wash, it's what the dishes represent that I value. For me, dishes denote depth. Dishes denote a full home with life well lived within them. Pastor George spoke last week about what it will look like for us this year to host heaven and host humanity so that God and man can meet in our midst. And so today I really want to look at what that would practically look like in our everyday lives. I had the privilege of growing up in a home where we hosted people in spite of the mess that it came with, with a family who didn't mind the dishes because it denoted the depth of relationship being developed. I'm one of six children. I have 22 first cousins, and we love a family gathering. So dishes are part and parcel of what it means to be part of the family. If I had to describe my family in a single statement, it would be generously hospitable. Our house is always open. 24 Topath Red House the home where I grew up in, where my siblings grew up in, is and always has been full. It's always been open to all. The Collier Kitchen, always a safe space for humanity to come, no matter who you are, so that we don't mind the dishes because the dishes denote the depth of relationship being developed. It's why my sisters, who are 
halfway across the world who've raised kids overseas still call Red House home because of the home in which we grow up has hosted family. It's hosted strangers that have become family. It's hosted people who are lost and given them a place to call home. It took an openness on behalf of my parents to host the humility of humanity. And in so doing, they ended up hosting the healing of heaven and made it holy in the everyday life. I think that in the everyday mundane mess of mankind, we have miracles to be found. We have the opportunity in our everyday lives to host within the humility of our humanity the healing of heaven and make it holy. We have the opportunity to open our homes and open our lives so that God and man can meet in our midst. There's a story in the Gospels of a man, a paralyzed man, who is brought to Jesus by his friends on a mat. Jesus is teaching from a home and the, there is a great crowd in the home and around the home. And so the friends can't get this man to Jesus. And so they make a plan. They climb up on the roof, they make a hole in the ceiling, and they lower the man to Jesus' feet. Jesus commends their faith, and he, says, he forgives the man of his sins, and he heals him. Now, I think we can all relate to this story in some way. We've probably all fulfilled the role of one of these characters, in that at one stage, perhaps it's us today, we're all in need of healing. We're all in need of being brought to the feet of Jesus to receive the forgiveness of sins and to find healing from heaven. We all perhaps at some stage run the risk of being the crowd who are a little bit preoccupied with getting something from Jesus that we actually end up standing in the way of somebody who's in need in gaining access to Jesus. We may even be like the Pharisees in this story who grow cynical in spite of the miracle that is at hand. And hopefully we are and all aspire to be the friends who will do whatever they can to get their friend in need before Jesus so that they can be made whole. But we often don't consider one other person in the story, the person whose house Jesus taught in. We often don't think about who is the, who is the family who opened their home for these strangers to move in, to set aside their furniture, perhaps stand on their favorite couch to get a view, to open the doors and the windows, to use up all the dishes and to make space to host both humanity and heaven. It was beautiful because their willingness to open their home resulted in the man on the mat being healed. It resulted in their friends and the crowd all gaining access to Jesus. But at the end of the day, they were left with a hole in their roof. And I don't know how many of us are willing to embrace the often inconvenient parts of hosting humanity and, humil and heaven in our everyday lives. There are dishes that are left behind. There is a messiness that comes, but there is a divine appointment and a miracle that is found on the other side of us, opening our lives to host heaven and host humanity so that God and man can meet in our midst. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, uh, reading from the message translation, he says to us, keep open house. 
Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I've witnessed the truth of this scripture firsthand in a home where my parents kept open house and were generous with their lives and opened up with others, which prompted others to open up with God, our generous Father in heaven. I have gained family. I'm already one of six, but I've gained many more brothers and sisters because of the willingness to open a home to others so that they would open up with God. I've experienced the truth of the scripture here at church when I was an insecure young man and others kept open house and were generous with their lives. And by opening up with me, it prompted me and many others that have come through these doors to open up with God, our generous Father in heaven. Keeping open house, being generous with our lives and opening up with others in our everyday lives has the great reward of prompting people to open up with God, our generous Father in heaven. Making ourselves available and creating space to host heaven and humanity for God and man to meet in our midst requires a sense of preparation. It requires us to be willing to not mind the dishes but to look past that to see the miracle that comes amongst the mess of mankind. We're asked and invited in our everyday lives to put aside some of our preferences to inconvenience ourselves a little bit, to usher others into the presence of God so that in our presence, God and man can meet and a miracle can take place. That can be in our actual homes. It can be in the way that we Handle our, or handle our marriages, our relationships and our friendships, the way we carry ourselves in the workplace or at school, or in our everyday conduct, we have the opportunity to keep open house, to be generous with our lives and to open up with others. And in so doing, we'll prompt people to open up with God, our generous Father in heaven. So this evening, I'd like to give us three practical applications of what this might look like in our everyday lives. The first one I've said, don't mind the dishes for the divine. So I really felt like this message had been developing over a couple of weeks. It came up at a couples group that we had a few weeks ago. And so I was really looking forward to this. And I thought it's quite funny, though, that in the week that I needed to prepare this message, the Lord asked me to live it out with a little bit of inconvenience. You see, I'm quite a structured person, and I like my rhythms, and I like my routine, uh, but Vince and Charisse, Vince, who usually leads worship here, and his wife Charisse, and their two little girls, Nova and Vida, they're moving house at the moment, but the, the move didn't quite go according to plan, and so they needed a place to stay for a week in between, and so my wife and I opened up our house to Vincent and Charisse, and it was beautiful, but anybody who has been in a house with a five-year-old, there's, there's laughter already from moms. Anybody that has been in a house with a five-year-old and a three-year-old will know it was a mess. <laughs> it was a It was full. We, um, we had dishes, but we had the divine. Anyone who has been in a home with children, will know that in order to make way for the miracle of children, you've got to make peace with the mess. 
I'll be honest and say that as, uh, as I came home that first day and I walked in to the sound of the girls playing and making a noise, I immediately grew broody. And I was like, oh yes, Lord. And the next morning when I woke up and there was the sound, well, I'd been awake for a while already actually. And then the sound of children filled the house and it was beautiful. And they were singing loudly at 6.30 in the morning and it was wonderful. I grew broody, but I also grew twitchy because it wasn't quite as neat and structured <laughs> as I like. And the dishes weren't quite in the right place and it was a bit chaotic. But I learned that an open house and an open heart allows us to host humanity. And in the hosting of humanity, we make space to host heaven. And that combination makes it holy. When God and man meet in our midst, there is a miracle. The difference between a house and a home, between a religion and a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ is dependent upon the daily activities. We might have a nice clean home and even a tidy religion, but it may be empty and void of life. Instead, we should seek to find the mess that comes with the miraculous. We should fill our homes with people and find that when we host humanity and host heaven, there is holy moments that takes place. We used to have to make ourselves holy in order to access heaven. There's a whole book in the Bible called Leviticus, which is about us as humans accessing a holy God. But Jesus flipped the script. He turned it on his head and he came into the humility of humanity and made us holy by his grace. Instead of us having to do something to make ourselves clean in order to host heaven, heaven came into the humility of humanity and made us holy, a miracle from the mess. And God invites us to host both heaven and humanity in our lives. Abraham and Sarah hosted heaven in the humility of their humanity. They had made a mess, but from the mess, God marked them with a miracle. They hosted heaven and they bore a son, even in spite of their mess. Jacob, in spite of his mess, wrestled with God. And in the humility of his humanity, he hosted the healing of heaven and was made holy. Jesus' very birth is the example of heaven coming into the humility of humanity to make it holy and to bring healing. God came into the mess of a manger and marked it with a miracle. Jesus often met people in their mundane Mondays and in the mess of mankind and yet marked them with a miracle. Jesus met Simon in the mess of a fishing boat and in the mundane of cleaning empty nets and yet he marked him with a miracle. The healing of heaven touched the humility of humanity and made him holy. Simon, you will be called Peter. Jesus met Matthew in the mess of mankind, despised as a tax collector, and yet marked him with a miracle that still speaks today. Jesus met Zacchaeus and invited himself into his home, and the humility of humanity hosting the healing of heaven made him holy. There's a story in the Gospels of two disciples on the road to Emmaus. It's a few days after 
Jesus has been crucified and they're disorientated, they're disillusioned and they're disappointed. The man who they thought was their salvation had been crucified. And though they had heard a few reports that his body was no longer in the tomb, they were leaving Jerusalem confused and full of questions. And in the mess of mankind, in the humility of their humanity, the risen Jesus himself walked alongside them. And though they didn't recognize him at first, he patiently revealed himself to them. And I think God does that with us still today. In, in the mess of our mankind, in the humility of our humanity, in all our questions and confusions and doubts and disappointments, Jesus comes to walk alongside us. And though we sometimes don't recognize him, he patiently reveals himself to us. And the humility of humanity hosting the healing of heaven makes us holy. In spite of the questions and the doubts that these disciples had, they still had a willingness to open their home to a stranger, to humanity, Jesus in the form of a man. And in their humility of humanity, they actually hosted heaven without knowing. They opened and broke bread with Jesus. And in doing so, Jesus was revealed to them. And so he came into the mess of their mankind and marked them with a miracle. Luke 24 tells a story. It says, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those who those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Jesus meets us in the mess of our mankind and mocks us with a miracle. We're invited like these disciples to open our homes, to keep open house and be generous with our lives in spite of our confusion and our questions to open our homes. And in doing that, in the humility of our humanity, heaven's healing hand will come and touch us and make it holy. Scripture even says that some people have unknowingly showed hospitality to angels by welcoming in strangers. These disciples went one better. They showed hospitality to Jesus Christ himself by showing hospitality to others. There's a great reward, I believe, to keeping open house with our lives, to being generous in everything that we do. And in opening up to others, we'll prompt people to open up with God, our generous Father in heaven. We have this wonderful opportunity in our everyday lives to host heaven and host humanity so that God and man can meet in our midst and we can experience the miracle of heaven at work. So don't mind the dishes for the divine. Then I want to say to us, don't mind the work for the wonder. It's possible that in our everyday lives, in our working and toiling as mankind, life and the beauty and wonder of life may begin to lose its luster. 
when you handle something holy, even on a daily basis, it becomes, it, it starts to wear off the gloss and the, and the glamour of it. Each one of us, though, has the privilege in our lives of accompanying people through holy moments. Sometimes we think holy moments are reserved for special people or special places. But Jesus showed us that holy moments happen in the everyday lives of people. And Scripture encourages us to never lose the wonder of life because we're too busy in the work of life. We have this wonderful privilege, whoever we are, to walk people through magnificent moments, meaningful moments, and mourning, mournful moments, be it the birth of a child or the loss of a loved one, be it great news about a job opportunity or devastating news about a diagnosis. We have this incredible privilege to host humanity and host heaven in these moments, and we should do so with care. Myself, as a pastor, I get to witness and experience some of these significant moments on a day-to-day basis, and I have to constantly tell my heart never to lose the luster of what I get to do. I know I carry on as all the time about getting married, but I, I officiate a lot of weddings, and so I have to remind myself that each moment, each marriage is significant. It's a life-changing event in that family and in, the, in that couple's lives. And I should never lose the luster of it just being another day at the office. A funeral for a family is a life-changing event that I have the privilege of ministering into. And I've got to remind myself to never take that responsibility lightly and let it just become ordinary work and lose the wonder of what God has asked us to do in our everyday lives. I think each one of us, be it the first step of a child or the first word that they speak, be it somebody's first job or a promotion that changes the trajectory of a family, be it a kind word or an arm around the shoulder, each one of us has the privilege of acting as an agent of heaven to handle God's children with care. And we should do so well. You'll most likely not get great recognition in stories told or in family memoirs for some of the work that you do. But my invitation to you tonight is to never lose the wonder of life because it feels like work, but rather to always maintain an attitude of awe and wonder when we work. Last week, Pastor George mentioned the story of Mary and Martha the two sisters that hosted Jesus and how Martha just kept hurrying about with the business and the work of what it meant to host people. And and her sister Mary just simply sat and soaked it all in. Martha wasn't wrong in the sense that we should prepare our lives and we should be ready to host people. But sometimes we should remember to stop and pause and soak in those wondrous moments of life like we are sitting at the feet of Jesus and host heaven and humanity so that it would be holy. Truly hosting humanity is actually handling holiness. In the process of hosting humanity, we get to host heaven for God's image is put upon his children. Truly serving others is serving the Lord and attending to Christ himself. 
And you may not get a great reward here on earth, a great celebration for that, but great is your reward in heaven. Jesus says this in Matthew 25, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. We have the opportunity in our everyday lives to host heaven and host humanity so that God and man can meet in our midst and a miracle can take place. May we never lose the luster of life and never let the wonder of life grow weary because of the work. But may we shift our focus from the familiar to realize we are serving as unto the Lord and make it worship unto Him in all that we do. And then finally, I want to say to us, to don't, don't mind the mess for the miracle. Some things just take time. We need to be patient with the process, and some processes are messy. God is developing something within us, and God is developing something within one another, within mankind. And there is a messiness that comes with molding mankind into the image and likeness of Christ. I've learned, having Vincent Charisse in my home, that raising children is miraculous, but it is messy. Growing anything will require us to get our hands dirty a little bit. There is a molding and a shaping that, that takes a bit of messiness, but something miraculous is produced on the other side. So don't mind the mess for the miracle that God is producing within us. Jeremiah 18 says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you a message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. Pottery and working with that clay is a messy process. But God is molding each one of us and the people around us into the image and likeness of Christ. So hosting humanity will be messy. It will come with dishes. It will come with a mess. It will come with some work. But my encouragement to us tonight in our everyday lives is to look past the dishes to see the divine. To look past the work and to keep hold of the wonder of life and to look past the mess for the miracle that God is producing within us and within those around us. Today, I want, us to, I want to encourage us to embrace the mess that comes with mankind, to be vulnerable enough to keep open house and to be generous with our lives, to never lose the wonder of life through the work of life, but instead 
to make ourselves available to host heaven in, the, in our everyday lives so that God and man can meet in our midst. Man's ultimate search for meaning and purpose is found in relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ and relationship with God's image bearers, one another. Hosting heaven and hosting humanity is the pinnacle of life. It will undoubtedly bring a mess. It will undoubtedly require some work and there will be dishes to clean up. But may we look past all of that to see the divine miracles and wonder of life that God is producing in us. Today, perhaps the meeting that you require is a meeting with heaven so that God and can come and meet you here in our midst. Perhaps you are like the man on the mat who just needs to come before Jesus to receive the healing touch of heaven and to be made holy. My invitation to you is to come with an open heart and allow Jesus to heal you, forgive you, and make you whole. Perhaps today you're like the clay on the, in the potter's hand, a follower of Jesus, but just needing a little bit of shaping. My encouragement to you, my invitation to you is to not mind the mess that comes with what God is molding within you, but to allow him to work in you to form and shape the miraculous. Or today, perhaps you want to be like the man who hosted Jesus and hosted humanity so that heaven can meet with the humility of humanity and healing can take place. Today, my encouragement to each one of us in our everyday lives is to keep open house, to be generous with our lives. For by opening up with others, we will prompt people to open up with God, our generous Father in heaven. I pray that this has been encouraging to you this evening. If you're able to, will you please stand with me as we close in prayer? We will. Oh, thank you. There is personal prayer up front. If you'd like to come forward for prayer, communion on the other side, starting point in warehouse one and our guest lounge available. For everyone else, pancakes on sale, coffee on sale. Please don't uh, rush off. You can hang around. Um, we'll be here all evening with you. We're willing to keep open house and to host you. Let's take a moment to pray. Father, we are so grateful that in the mess of mankind, you came down to mock us with a miracle through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that you took the humility of humanity upon yourself, Jesus, and made us holy and brought healing from heaven. Thank you, Father, that by your Holy Spirit, we are able to carry the presence of God so that God and man can meet within our midst so the miraculous can take place. Would you prompt us today to keep open house, to be generous with our lives? And by opening up to others, would we prompt people to open up with you, our generous Father in heaven? So Holy Spirit, would you lead us in love for your children to be generously hospitable with our lives and in in so doing, reveal the generosity of our Father that is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen, church. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise?